welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin, and I can't wait to show you how. So, get comfy, and let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Sensitive and Soulful Show. Today we're going to be doing a Q&A episode all about relationships. So you guys submitted your HSP questions to me and many of you had questions around relationships, friendships as a highly sensitive person. So I've got four of your questions here today that I'm going to be answering And I think this is going to be a juicy episode for sure. I know relationships are something that you're always interested in hearing about more. It tends to be such a common question that I get from you guys. And our podcast episode on relationships was one of the top listened to episodes. So I know it's definitely something that you're thinking of and and wanting to know more about and wanting to improve upon. So I am excited to share what I know and to kind of dig into this and see if, you know, some of what I offer can be helpful to you and help you shift the way you're you're experiencing things and um, help you out with in some areas that you might be stuck. So our first question comes from Bianca. And she asks, can you talk more about the HSP trait and the impact on marriage? Yes. So I am an HSP and I'm married. So I can definitely speak from experience on this one. And the first thing that I will say that might be one of the most obvious impacts sensitivity has on marriage is our emotional sensitivity. So if you're a highly sensitive person, naturally, you're probably going to be more emotionally sensitive than the non-HSPs in the world. Like, things that might be, feel like no big deal to someone else might be, might bring you to tears, might make you feel very upset or triggered. This is part of being a highly sensitive person. Of course, it's very important for us to learn emotion regulation. I have a whole episode about this. Go back and listen to that. It's like episode two maybe. But when I say emotion, emotional sensitivity, I don't just mean like, oh, we're going to fly off the handle and like freak out and, you know, lose our temper or whatever. Like, yes, sometimes that happens because we're human and that's where emotion regulation and emotional resilience is really important to learn. But in general, we're going to be more emotionally sensitive. So things might upset us more easily than they do our partner if your partner is not highly sensitive. And I will talk about if they are in just a moment here. But this could look like, you know, maybe your partner said something to you in a tone that felt harsh and it it made you react. You're like, what the heck? Why are you talking to me like this? Like, 
I feel like you're mad at me. And like, this feels rude. This can be kind of an emotionally evoked response that we might have. I've totally been here with my non-HSP partner. And, you know, on his end, he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even say it mean. But for me, I've being a more emotionally sensitive person and being specifically triggered at times by a harsh tone, like this is something that can impact me. And I have a private Facebook group for HSPs, and I actually had one of the women in the group ask a question, like, how do we deal with with it when our partner speaks in a tone that feels harsh to us? And so here's some things you can do if you are, you feel like your emotional sensitivity, sometimes there's kind of rifts in your relationship because you're kind of um, feel like you're misinterpreting their tone or the way that they're speaking just isn't resonating with you and it, it feels mismatched. One thing, of course, is always to have a calm conversation about it and kind of explain when you speak in this tone, it makes me feel like this. And I know your intention isn't to feel like you're talking down to me or talking in a rude tone, but that's kind of how I'm perceiving it based on past experiences I had. And maybe your partner acknowledges that and understands and can see, oh, okay, it's important to you that I kind of approach it in a calmer way or in a more gentler tone. Got it. No problem. Other times, I think it's actually both ends of the spectrum. I think it takes both parties to kind of do some shifting. So like on their end, they can try to speak in a gentler tone. And on your end, you can kind of meet them where they're at as well and understand that like they're a different person than you. Like they are wired differently and their direct tone really might mean absolutely nothing. And so it can we can also do on our part, um, choose to assume the best and assume that, no, their intentions are good. They're not trying to sound rude. It's not natural for them to talk in the gentler, softer tone like it is for us. And we can kind of assume the best there. So that's one thing I would say. Another thing is just like, if if you're really struggling and it's like kind of a a really big point of contention in your relationship. Like I'm a big fan of couples counseling. Even a few sessions can do wonders. And I've done this with my husband before we got married and it helped us so much because for us, a lot of it was like, oh, I, we just spoke in different styles. Like he was, he's more direct and I'm more a very sensitive, empathetic person. And so there was sometimes a mismatch. And so our, our counselor just taught us how to meet each other where we're at. So exactly like I just explained there, like he's had to learn how to kind of come to my level and talk a little bit gentler. And also I, I've come to learn that like, this is him, that he's going to speak more directly. And also if I want to have a conversation that feels, um, like he's really hearing me, it helps for me to try to meet him in more of a direct tone and be very direct with what I'm saying as well. And again, I'm not telling you like, change who you are and like you need to be a totally different person not at all but when we're in relationships like we have there's going to be compromise and there's going to be ways where we're going to need to learn how to meet each other where we're at in order to understand each other a bit more and be able to live in like more harmony honestly just making shifts like that has been super helpful and if you're an hsp in a relationship with a fellow hsp then I think there is probably an advantage there of you both understanding the emotional sensitive aspect. You're going to probably understand more easily if your partner gets really anxious or sad about something that might not be bothering you, you'll be able to have more empathy for them and, you know, hopefully be able to 
nurture them in that moment or just be kind of like a solid rock. And I think where HSPs and HSP couples can maybe run into trouble is if both parties are like totally dysregulated and overly emotional at the same time, then it can be hard because in any given moment, we want to be able to have one person who can kind of stand more firm and be empathetic, be a listening ear, hold space for the person who is struggling. But if both people are kind of in the depths together, it can sometimes be hard to climb your way out. So that's something to be aware of if you are a sensitive person in a relationship with another sensitive person. Um, and so another part that like might be a struggle with being an HSP in in a marriage is that as sensitive people, we tend to have a lot of emotional needs. Like, again, we're going to be more impacted usually by things that happen in our day. So, you know, maybe something little happened at work, but you can't stop thinking about it and it's really eating away at you. And maybe you tell your partner about it and you just really want to have more empathy from them. You don't want them to try to fix your problem. You just want them to be like, oh yeah, that really sucks. Or I'm sorry that happened. I can understand why you're upset. Like that's what you're craving, but instead instead maybe they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Get over it. Like who cares? Just screw that person. And it feels very invalidating, right? So that's a, another thing that I've like understood firsthand for sure. And learning how to get what you need in your relationship, in your marriage, is often as simple as saying, telling them what you need. Like in this moment, like you can explain to them before you share what's going on. Hey, I had something at work really bothered me today. I don't need you to solve it for me. I don't need a resolution. I just want to vent this to you because it's really bothering me. And, you know, do you have a moment to just let me tell you about this? And then lead into the story. And so then you can be very clear of what you're expecting in that moment. And when you're, you know, when your partner does say, oh man, that sucks or whatever, they kind of give you what you, you needed in that moment. That's an opportunity to be like, oh, thank you. I'm like, I really appreciate that you just gave me that response that felt really good. That was all that I needed today, you know, and like kind of reinforce that. Again, that's just something that I've found to be really helpful. And another thing that I think is important to say is it's really important for us to not put all of the pressure on our significant other to be like our total emotional sounding board and fulfill every single need in our lives. Like that's a lot of pressure to put on one person, especially if your partner is not somebody who is as emotional as you. Like, yes, of course we can expect them to like hold the space for us and like be there for us and things like that of course but they're not our therapist and they're they might not be the person we're going to have the most deep emotional conversations with that's okay and so that that's where I want to say it's important to not only have other friendships in your life that can give you that emotional support sometimes for me personally I'll be having a day where I'm just like oh like I'm super emotional and stressed about things And, you know, I know my husband will want to empathize and understand and he'll try his best to be there for me. But sometimes I know that I'm going to get more of the emotional support I need from my mom because she's just going to be a little bit softer like me and she's going to really, really get it. And so sometimes I'll just go to her and tell her what's going on and I'll get that fulfillment from that interaction with her and leave feeling a lot better. So it's like, I think it's important and I don't think this is talked about enough You don't have to put it all on your one partner to fulfill every single need. 
I, I think it would be a little overwhelming if, if we had that put on us, right? Like, if my husband's, like, expecting me to, like, talk sports with him and then be there for emotional stuff and be there for X, Y, Z, like, it can be a lot. And so it's okay to, like, outsource this to other people. And then most importantly, it comes back to us. It's our responsibility to learn how to regulate our emotions in a healthy way, which, again, go listen to that emotion regulation episode if you haven't yet because... I really talk about it there because if we're kind of going out and expecting everyone else to like regulate our emotions for us, like we're having a bad day, we need other people to fix it. That's a lot. And it's really, really important for us to be able to turn it back to ourselves and regulate our own emotions and calm ourselves down and self-soothe. We are adults and so we need to learn how to do that because when we learn how to do that too, our relationships will thrive. Because I can tell you in in the past, before I knew how to regulate my emotions, I would have these emotional outbursts and I'm not perfect. Like I still have this happen sometimes, let's be real. But I'd have these emotional outbursts and I would take it out on my husband and then I would just like think it was his responsibility, like that I was having a bad day and I was in a bad mood and he didn't do a good job of being there for me and nobody gets me. And it would be this whole big thing. And now as I've learned how to regulate my emotions, like sometimes I can just go to my journal, write out my frustrations, write out the, you know, big emotions that I'm feeling. And I can actually resolve a lot of these things on my own and I don't need to outsource it to everyone else. If you're going through some really big stuff or you just really want to have a solid support system all of the time, like therapy. Therapy is huge. Like they are an unbiased person that is there to listen to you. And so if you're feeling super unsupported and you're like, oh my gosh, I have no one to turn to, make sure you're going to see a therapist and getting that professional therapeutic support. Like it's so helpful. So I feel like I kind of went on a tangent there and really just dove into the emotional sensitivity piece and how that impacts marriage. But I honestly think that's the biggest thing that impacts marriage as an HSP, at least from my my personal experience. One other thing I would throw out there too is just as HSPs, we tend to need more alone time and we often like to do things on our own and just be in quiet solitude. And if your partner is not highly sensitive, they might feel slighted or left out if you're kind of wanting to do things on their on your own. It like they might not understand it. And so this is where communication is super important and just sharing with your significant other, hey, I'm feeling, I've had a really overwhelming day. I'm just going to go sit and read by myself for like an hour and I'll come hang out with you afterwards. I just like, I need that time. And so it's very simple, but it's really all about just like laying it out clearly, communicating where you're at and what you're going to be doing. Because I think if we're going off on our own and not really informing others in our life where we're at or what we're doing, then they might kind of question, oh no, is this about me? Are they mad at me? Or why don't they want to hang out with me? Like they can kind of feel that way. So I have found that just simply communicating how you're feeling and what what you need, it does wonders. And I think the last point I'll say on this, because it's so common is, and this is again, a lot of this is for HSPs and non-HSPs. So I apologize if you're two HSPs, like I'm focusing a lot on the non-HSP thing because I just hear so many questions as it relates to the two kind of like opposites or different spectrum. One of the big challenges I hear is like, my partner doesn't get me. They don't understand me. 
they don't respect my sensitivity. And so I'm going to be having an episode come out in the future. It'll be how to explain being an HSP to non-HSPs. And I'm actually going to link a whole guide that I created of how to explain being highly sensitive to a non-HSP. So go check that out if if you have trouble explaining your sensitivity to your significant other. But what I always tell people is it all comes down to validating yourself first and validating your sensitivity and owning your sensitivity and also acknowledging the fact that your significant other, if they're not highly sensitive, they will probably never fully understand your experience. But that doesn't mean they can't respect it, right? Like, we're never going to fully understand the experience of a non-HSP. But we can learn, we can respect that. We It doesn't make them a bad person that they're not as sensitive. And it doesn't make us a bad person that we're more sensitive. So that's another area I see a lot. And I think it comes down to, you know, doing the inner work, validating yourself for your sensitivity, and also communicate it in a way that feels really good and helpful for both of you. So definitely grab that guide. I think you'll find it super helpful. It's something that's worked for me and other HSPs, so I think it's a it's a really good resource. The second question I've got here comes from Casey, and she asks, how to make friends when you feel like no one can relate to you? Oh yes, so I know for many of us, this deep feeling of being misunderstood and feeling so different from others, like this is something that can run really deep and be really, really painful. It hurts to feel like other people don't get us, right? And I know pretty much all of us have probably had that experience of feeling misunderstood, feeling so painfully different than the people around us, and it can be super hard. And so I think with this question, The key phrase to really pay attention to here is when you feel like no one can relate to you. So when we go out into the world and we meet people and we want to make a new friend, if we have this mindset that no one can relate to me, like I feel like no one gets me and no one's going to understand me, if that's kind of like the lens through which we're viewing everything, then that's what we're going to find more of, right? Like, if you automatically go into meeting somebody and assuming, oh, they're not going to like me, they're not going to get me, I'm just so different than everyone else, then that is what we're going to find. So my, my encouragement here is to be open to the idea that there are people out there who can relate to you, because there are. I used to feel this way until I started sharing about being a highly sensitive person, and then I found that so many other people totally related to it. I literally thought all of my experiences were like just so unique to me and no one got me and no one felt so deeply and no one thought so much and no one had these experiences. And then I started sharing about it and some of the most unexpected people would reach out to me and say, same here. I feel the exact same way. There's so many people who are super sensitive, who are deep feelers, who experience life in a very similar way to us, we often just don't know it because we assume no one else gets us. No one else is like us. We are weird. We're different. We're misunderstood. And so I really encourage you to kind of shift that mindset and instead start to assume there are other people out there like me. There are other people out there that'll get me, that'll love me, and that'll accept me for who I am. And if you feel like you need evidence of the truth of that, come join my free private Facebook group. 
it's for highly sensitive people. There's like 1,200 people in it, and I'm seeing the most beautiful friendships form through that group and through my membership community. It's currently closed. Otherwise, I would say come join us. Um, please do in the future, though. <laughs> but there are people that are like, there are other HSPs who get it, who feel the same way you do. And so I really, really want you to start to shift it into there are other people out there like me, and I'm excited to meet them. And I'm on my way to meet them. And I think uh, one way that we can really get to that place with others and kind of learn if if they fully get us is through vulnerability. Because like I shared, once I started sharing about my experiences of being sensitive and feeling deeply and all of that, that's when other people started to respond to me and share the same thing and share these details of their lives. And I don't think we would have gotten to that connection point as quickly if I hadn't shared, if I had just assumed that they weren't sensitive and they didn't get it. And so if you do meet somebody, a friend, who you think like, oh, this could be a potential thing, and, and you start to feel like safe and comfortable with them, like, you know, start sharing about your your experiences as a highly sensitive person. Start sharing those things. And maybe they will relate. Maybe they won't. Because also, like, we can be, <laughs> we can totally be friends with non-HSPs. I have plenty of non-HSP friends. And they, although they might not fully get my experience on a personal level, they respect it and they respect me because we're different and it complements each other and it's great. So I really just say, start to view it through the lens of there are people out there that will get me and I'm super excited to meet them. I am on my way to meeting them. Okay, the next question comes from Fiona and she asks, how to navigate the uncertainty of dating as an HSP? Woo! Okay, so it's been a it's been like probably what seven years since I've been out in the dating world, but I can still fully understand this deeply. Like I get it. And so what I have to say first and foremost is yeah, the dating world is gonna be uncertain for everyone and for highly sensitive people, that uncertainty can definitely rock us. It can definitely feel ungrounding and nerve-wracking and, and scary and of course, we all have our own past experiences and relationships, so we're going to be walking into situations with seeing things with those past experiences maybe clouding them if we haven't done the inner work, worked with a therapist to kind of work through them. So for myself, for example, like I've definitely struggled with anxious attachment due to having difficult past relationships. And so when I first met my husband, I was still clouded by that anxious attachment and that insecurity of not fully trusting anybody because I hadn't done, I hadn't really done a lot of work around it, to be honest, before I met him. And so then that impacted the way I navigated our relationship at first. I was just like constantly on edge. I had trouble trusting and, and relaxing because simply because of my past experiences, like that was fully it. So I just want to like put that out there that like when you go out into the dating world, if you still have some baggage, which, you know, I'm pretty sure all of us do, but you haven't resolved it, know that can cloud us and that can sometimes shift our perception and our judgment. So if it is a really big struggle for you, make sure you're doing that inner work and, you know, seeing a therapist if, if it's something really big that you really need support with. And I'm not of the belief that you have to be perfectly healed before you go out and date. I just shared, I 
I still had my crap and I had had it unresolved when I met my husband. But thankfully, meeting him really catapulted me into doing that inner work because I knew he was a keeper and I, I wanted to do whatever I could to like make it work. Like I did not want to lose him just because I had these anxious attachments and all of that. So anyway, kind of like a little side note there that I think is important to note. But something that really helped me deal with the uncertainty of dating as a highly sensitive person was I held very firmly to this belief that my perfect partner, the person who is perfect for me, not a perfect human, no one's perfect, but the person who was meant for me was out there. And I held certain to that belief. I just had no doubt. For whatever reason, I was like, my person is out there. And when I had held that belief, then it made it easier to kind of sift through the duds. <laughs> it was like, okay, this person wasn't the one. No big deal. Went on a date, learned something about a new person, on to the next one. Like, this wasn't the one for me. And I just really held on to the belief that my person is out there. And I know if you've been out in the dating scene for a while, you might start to feel discouraged and it might be hard to hold on to that belief But I promise you, like when you do, when you choose to kind of have the attitude of like, it's coming to me, it's on its way, it really helps with the way you go into the situations because it allows you to be more open-minded. It's more of an expansive way to view things rather than going in and thinking like, oh, this person is, what's wrong with them? Am I going to like them? Or "Eh, no, you know, like it just allows us to be more open and trusting of, of our path. I also think as HSPs, like, because we're so empathetic, it can be really easy for us to get swept up in the moment and maybe throw ourselves into, you know, a new situation with a person. And so I think, like, after you go on a date, get quiet with yourself when you're at home and just kind of feel into what your experience was of this person. How does it feel for you emotionally in your body? Did you feel like there was a true connection there? Was there anything about them that really lit you up that you really liked? Did it seem like they were truly interested in you or were you doing all of the talking and kind of or kind of guiding the conversation? Were they talking only about themselves? Like when you get home, quiet your mind and just kind of get curious about these things. Maybe journal on it if it's helpful because again it it can be easy for like us to get emotionally flooded or just feel a little bit overwhelmed. So it's really helpful to like quiet your mind and kind of get to a place of assessing like how you actually felt about this person and this situation. I personally believe to lead with openness, but also know know your standards and know what you are and are not okay with. No one's going to be perfect. You might have a checklist of things and they might not meet every single checklist, but what are your core values that the person must have? What are the things that are non-negotiable for you. Like, I think it's important to be able to hold firm to those things and know what you deserve and go into these dating situations with the open-minded belief that, like, my person is out there, I'm meeting a new person, and you know what? Let's just see where this goes and let's just have some fun with it. And another thing I want to talk about here quick, too, is just I know that going on dates can be nerve-wracking and overwhelming, and this can be a lot. So definitely have some practices before you go on a date. If you do get nervous, have some nervous system regulation tactics, ways that you can kind of soothe yourself. Maybe you do a grounding practice. Maybe you meditate. 
Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you call your best friend. Like have something that calms your system before you go on the date so that you can feel like you're going into it a little bit calmer and more clear headed. I know it's like easier said than done, but that's something I think is also important for us as HSPs. And the last thing I'll say too is just like, I know it can be, maybe you're very sensitive to your environment and it's really important for you to be in a certain type of space. And so maybe going on dates sometimes gives you anxiety. Maybe you're not the one choosing the spot that you're going to. Maybe the other person is like planning the date and trying to be, you know, thoughtful. That's where, again, I think the nervous system regulation comes in handy where it's like, okay, if you're going into a space that might overwhelm you, like have do some meditation or do some grounding before you go into that space and feel more prepared and or give some suggestions like, hey, I'd love to meet at this coffee shop if if you're interested in that or bring up like, oh, maybe we could go on a beach walk or we could go, you know, somewhere that like is feels good to you as a highly sensitive person. Like you could throw it out there as a suggestion, plan the date, whatever, you know, whatever feels good to you. Again, I, I keep saying the open-minded piece because I, I personally have found that to be really important. It really helped me to be open and I got to have new experiences as a result of that. But also like acknowledge where you're at and what feels good to you too and acknowledge your needs as well. Because I, I think a lot of times for highly sensitive people, it can be really easy for us to discount our needs and what what matters to us just to appease others. And so I think it's helpful to... And it's a great practice for us to also really check in with ourselves and be honest about what we need and what feels good to us. And so that can be with like where you go on a date. So I hope those tips were helpful. Lots to say there. So the last question I'm going to answer comes from Farah, And she asks, how can an HSP maintain a healthy connection with people who aren't highly sensitive? This is such a good question. I'm really happy this one came up because I think it's something, it's it's the reality for all of us. In some area of your life, you're going to have non-HSPs. You're going to have people who you care about who aren't highly sensitive. Most likely, I'm going to assume. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a best friend, maybe it's a partner, etc. Because HSPs make up 15 to 20%. Most people are not highly sensitive. So I think it's really important for us to learn how to have healthy connections with people who aren't exactly like us. And it's totally possible. So I think the first thing that is really important is to not expect them to be like us. I think this is something I hear from a lot of HSPs as they really struggle with understanding how someone else could not be as empathetic as them. How do they not get it how do they not care about these things? How does this not bother them? And it can feel very confusing and frustrating. Like, how do they just not get it? And it's it's because they're not like us. They're not wired the same way. And that doesn't make them a bad person. They are just wired differently. And so having that baseline foundational understanding is really helpful because it allows us to kind of accept them where they're at. They are wired differently than us. They're not probably going to be as impacted by things that affect us deeply. And maybe we're not going to understand things that impact them that don't really impact us. Like, we're all different. And so accepting that we're different, first and foremost, is really helpful and not trying to change or morph them into who we are. Because we don't want them to try to make us less sensitive. And you might be listening to this and say, yeah, but they have tried to make me less sensitive. 
I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. And I empathize with you. And what I'll say to that is, if this is a person that has not historically understood or accepted your sensitivity, that is so real and relatable. And so when you are spending time with this person, it's going to be really important for you to be in a space where you are able to validate yourself and feel good about yourself at your core, whether or not this person understands you. And so that's why I always tell HSPs, like, it's good to have a community of fellow HSPs of people who get us and can just understand our experience, because then we have that supportive environment in our lives. And that can be very uplifting so that when we are around people who have historically not understood us and our sensitivity, it's okay. They, you know what, they're just a different person. They don't fully get it, but I get it and that's okay. And I know it can feel frustrating to be like, why do I have to accept them if they don't accept me? And what I always tell people is you give what you want to receive. So when we can be more open-minded and accepting of others, we're putting out that type of energy into the world. And I believe that it can really start to come back to us. Like we're kind of leading from example. We're not judging. We're not trying to force them to change. We're just letting them be them and letting ourselves be ourselves. Like keep your side of the street clean, do your part and leave them to do their part. It's not our job to morph and fix and change every other person. So accepting them where they're at, I think is huge. Not trying to make them be more sensitive. We're different people. And so with that, I think it's really helpful to kind of focus on the ways that you can complement each other. And I say complement, meaning like balance each other out, because I think that's the beauty of HSPs and non-HSPs coexisting in the world together. A world that's only non-HSPs, I think would feel a little bit more harsh, a little bit more cold, maybe a little bit more aggressive. In a world that was only HSPs, there might be a lot of emotions all the time. It might be like, ah, it might be a little bit, it might be a little overwhelming. Like we need that balance. You know what I mean? Like it's so good to have that balance. I can tell you that I learn a lot from the non-HSPs in my life. I've learned a lot about assertiveness and being direct and not being afraid to speak up. I guess that's all kind of related, but that's just been huge for me. And vice versa, like the non-HSPs in my life have learned the value of softness and being deeply empathetic and learning how to like just listen and care and not try to fix all the time. And they've picked that up for me. And so I believe that there's such a beautiful yin-yang energy that actually can can take place. And so this is why I'm so passionate about more HSPs feeling confident and being in their power because we need that balance in the world. We need more of your empathy and deep feeling nature in the world. And we need the non-HSPs. We need those people who um, aren't going to be so impacted by things. We It's it's a wonderful balance. And so I think when we can kind of view it in that way, it's really helpful because a lot of HSPs, I will hear kind of almost kind of seeing non-HSPs as like the enemy, like the bad person. And, you know, maybe you've had experience with the non-HSPs in your life that really hurt you and really made you feel invalidated. And so you might unconsciously kind of have this view about every single non-HSP is going to be the same. And it's just, you know, it's not fair. Just like, we don't want to have that judgment placed on us. We don't want to place that on other people. So acceptance and just seeing the ways we complement each other. These are like the biggest things that I I think I can share here. And also it kind of goes back to the relationship piece. Like 
understanding the role that this person plays in your life. Like we're going to have different friends and different relationships that bring us different things. So I have some friends where I know I can turn to them for a laugh and we're just going to have the best time together and it's going to be lighthearted. And that is that friend. And then I have other friends where we're going to have deep conversations about life and talk about spirituality and all of that. And it's going to be super fulfilling and like a soul level. I have other friends where we're going to go explore together and go travel and other friends where, you know, we're going to go on a cool hike and work out, whatever. Like there are different people for different parts of our lives and different interests and aspects of us. And so I think that's also a great thing to keep in mind is that we don't need to have like one person fulfill every need. Like that's why it's beautiful to have a community of people in your life and have others that you can kind of you know, bits and get bits and pieces from each person that that bring value and that, you know, you bring value to their lives too. So I hope all of this was helpful. I feel like I just blurted out so much information and I I just yeah, I know these are big ones and I know that relationships add so much fulfillment to our lives. They add meaning to our lives and depth and I know it can be hard when you might feel misunderstood or you feel like it's a struggle to have healthy, thriving relationships. Oh, I know. And so I hope that you find this supportive and and that you can see that there are absolutely ways to cultivate that in your life. And if you are feeling lonely and misunderstood and not seen, like, please, I encourage you to join the free private Facebook group. Believe me, I wish we could all just like be in person and hang out in person. But I know that we're all over the world and all over the country and things like that. And so even though it's not always as as wonderful as being in person, I think connecting digitally is also a really beautiful thing. And I just really encourage you to to join us in the free Facebook group if you are feeling alone, if you're feeling like people don't get you, because I promise you're not alone, you're in good company, and I am here for you, and I care about you. So thank you for listening, thank you for supporting the show, and I look forward to catching up with you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.